It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What was happening at the end of that Orlando Magic game? Why was Grant Williams inbounding the ball? I'll tell you what I saw. Plus, Stats that show what's going on with the Celtics' poor shooting, this slump that they're in, and lay off Joe Mazzulla. Take what he says with a grain of salt. I'll tell you why right now on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corral is above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. And I'm here for you every day with a free, fresh podcast dropped directly to your device if you're a subscriber. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch the show on YouTube as well. Join the Celtics community there. It's a lot of fun. Lots of great comments. Uh, Even some fans from other teams have chimed in, so you can go back and forth with them. But it's a nice kind of alternative, a nice community that's being built there. On the YouTube page. I'm John Corrales, former professional basketball player. Uh, I now cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. I've written a book called Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. Too late for me to get a book out to you shipping. So those, the Christmas sales of the book, uh, no longer happening. But uh, if you want like a stocking stufferish type of thing, I am on Cameo. People have asked for like messages, Christmas messages. Uh, send me a request. Find me on Cameo. I'll record them at the garden. I can record it. Uh, while, you know, before the game, or I could even deliver one right before the Christmas day game, a special delivery before that. So check me out on cameo. If you're looking for a a unique gift for somebody that, you know, loves the podcast. So later on, I'll get into, uh, Joe Missoula and his comments about how the team is playing. I think people are starting to really, uh, latch onto some of the things that he's saying and, and take that as gospel. You shouldn't take what he says as gospel, what he says to us, because he's he's BSing us like on a daily basis. In the second segment, I'll get into some of the stats because I did a big deep dive on Boston Sports Journal 
looking at the stats that are are behind the big shooting slump. The numbers say a lot of the things that I've been saying, but the the, the numbers are stark. The, the evidence is there. But I wanted to start with uh, a little bit more from the the game against Orlando, just because I you know went back rewatched, and there were a couple of things that stood out. And you know when I watched it again, I didn't feel quite as bad the second time around. Uh, maybe maybe you know the first time you look at it and, and you're kind of saying, "All right, how are they going to win this? How are they going to figure this out?" And they don't, and you you have like an immediate reaction to that. But the second time around. Watching it with a more critical eye, they they definitely did some things wrong for sure, and some of the things they did wrong are things that we're going to see in the second segment here when I get to the numbers because the numbers are stark. They and you heard Scal talk about it on the on the uh, broadcast. A lot of times they were moving the ball and making passes, but passing it around the perimeter, and that doesn't pull a defense kind of out of position as well as drives and kicks and when they drove when they were in transition they actually were doing well when they weren't they weren't doing well and a lot of why the Celtics weren't hitting shots was as simple as they they weren't taking the same types of threes that they had been taking before and they are okay so they're they're kind of not in their their same uh, their same mode. They're not in the same uh, place where they were before. So, okay, that's that's fine. They'll 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 snap out of it. As much as they are playing like absolute dog crap now, they are going to the it, the correction will recorrect itself. This is this is almost like the pendulum was going so far one way. That it swung back, and you're like, okay, it's corrected itself. No, 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 you've gone too far. Come back to the middle here. So the middle ground is still yet to be found. We've seen some extreme great. We've seen ex- some extreme not so great. And I think that just looking at that game, I felt like, you know what? It wasn't quite, quite, quite as bad. And before the game, I wrote in my previews, you know, they they need some some kind of uh outlier performance and you look at what admiral schofield did in the game shooting three of five from three 13 points there what paulo bancaro did shooting six of seven from three he was a 27 percent three-point shooter coming in that was an outlier performance and you're going to get outlier performances against you because you're the celtics and you're a, a contender that is something that you're going to have to and if you're just bracing yourself for the other team's best shot every night, then then you can maybe respect guys like Schofield a little bit more. And, you know, I, I, I think, but I think that looking at some of those performances, you're like, well, if Schofield's going to beat you, then what are you going to do? Schofield's going to beat you. I think some of the misses that the Celtics had were just straight up misses. I think the Celtics... There is certainly some level of, boy, they just missed some shots in this game. They had the turnovers. Those were bad. But the missed shots, if they just shoot poorly, not disgustingly, 
this game's a different story. If they just shoot a normal below average game and not 25 and a half percent from three, this game's different. And there are certainly a few of those, what are they, 35 misses? Okay, there are some really not great shots. And there were a few forced shots, probably, you know, I didn't, I didn't write them down. I didn't write all of them down, but you can say five, six of them were forced. You can say five, six of them could have been cleaner, but there are still five or six that could have been just made shots. And you hit five or six and you get 15 points. Well, you lost the game by three. So there is some of that, that the dynamic is different. When you talk about pressing, guys start making, trying to make plays out of nothing. And I think maybe that's a little bit of what happened on the the final couple of plays of the game, especially the last one with the turnover, the next to last play. So Grant Williams is the inbounder. This was one of the big things after the game they talked about on the post-game show. Grant Williams was the inbounder. They didn't have Robert Williams in. So the play, as I see it unfold, is Malcolm Brogdon's on the top right uh, elbow, a little higher than that. Jalen and Marcus are, uh, Jalen's on the opposite side of Malcolm Brogdon. Marcus is starting down low. Al Horford's in the corner. They want the floor spaced. Why is Rob not in there? Because they don't want somebody clogging up the middle of the lane. The play, as you can see, like a little dance going on, uh, Jalen goes to set a pick for Marcus, and then Marcus turns around and sets the pick for Jalen. Jalen curls around. That's where he was supposed to get the ball, and, and Grant Williams just throws it a little too hard, a little too early, and screws it up. Why is Grant in the game? Why is Grant making that pass? Why isn't Marcus Smart making the pass? That's a good question. You could have had Brogdon and uh, Brogdon and Jalen in the game with Smart as the passer. And the whole point, so at the beginning of the play, Brogdon makes a cut to the corner, and he's supposed to be respected as a shooter. The whole point of this play is to get Jalen curling around the top, catching the ball from, from Grant, making a play down the middle. There are nine seconds left. Maybe instead of Al Horford, maybe you have Sam Hauser in there. Now you can also say, hey, if we if we go early and Jalen catches the ball and he sees a lane down the middle and he dunks it, and there's five seconds left, and I forget the timeout situation there, but I think Orlando might have been out of timeouts. So they might have said, if if Jalen catches it the way we want him to catch it with an open lane because Malcolm's cut clears, clears out a defender. Smart is occupying a defender. Al's occupying a defender in the corner. If they, if he drives it and, and gets a wide open lane, you're not going to pull out of a wide open lane with nine seconds left and say, Whoa, I got to wait till there's three seconds left. No, you're going to go down and you're going to dunk it. So if there are seven seconds left, and there's no timeouts. Now you need size on defense. So, that's why Al's in there, and I think that's why Grant's in there. So you need to have size on the other side. You have to keep that in mind because the play, I think, had it worked, probably would have resulted in a two-pointer or a two-point attempt with enough time to give Orlando a chance to drive down the other side. 
So as much as I say, hey, maybe you could put Sam Hauser in there as you have to respect his three-point shooting. So if you put him in uh, and you have smart inbounding, and so he's uh, so Grant's out and Hauser's in, and you have the, a better passer, or you put Rob in there, well, Rob now clogs the lane because he's his defender is just going to stay in the middle of the paint because Rob's not a threat. And if you kick it over to Rob, he, you want Rob shooting a jumper? No. So that's why Rob's not in the game. So it's, it's a big kind of dance there at the last, at the last um, possession. Now I agree that maybe you could have had Malcolm inbound the ball and Grant Williams as a devastating three point corner, three point shooting guy, have him make the cut to the corner and occupy and have Brogdon with the same amount of size or similar amount of size um, and much better passing ability. Brogdon should have inbounded the ball. If I do that play any differently, it's because Bro I want Brogdon inbounding the ball. The only argument against that, they might say, well, if Jalen drives and kicks with nine seconds, catch the ball with nine seconds, dribble, dribble, eight, seven, kick out to the corner, six, five, up fake, drive the closeout. Who do you want attacking the closeout, Malcolm or Grant? Well, now, now at that point, I'm still saying, yeah, obviously you want Malcolm in that situation, but I'd rather have Malcolm get the ball in bounds. And of course, this is hindsight, 2020. But that's where, that's where I think all of the thought process was. I get where he was going with it. I would have put Malcolm out there to inbound. Grant's gotten a lot better at attacking closeouts. He was playing actually pretty well in that regard in the game. I, I get a lot of why those things happen. But the more I, the more I think about it, I would have put Brogdon as the inbounder. Maybe, maybe Joe has a different, a different thought process, but we'll see. Celtics practice, we can, we can talk about that a little bit more with him. Uh, Celtics practice on Tuesday. We'll get we'll get some more. And look, he's learning too. We'll talk more about Joe Mazzulla learning a little bit later on. I want to get to some stats here about their shooting. We'll do that next. First, today's show is brought to you by Turo. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want wherever you want from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the U.S., U.K., Canada, and Australia. Book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip. Get a classic or luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday. You can find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and you just need to get from point A to point B. Test drive that new electric vehicle you've been watching. Uh, see if it fits into your everyday life. Many Toro hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms and conditions and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars. Find your drive at Turo.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, Everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Thank you for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. How about making Locked On Sports today your second listen? 
They've got you covered with every big story across all of sports. Check them out wherever you get this podcast. It's the local hosts, the local experts. Insight like you're not going to get anywhere else. Uh, Also watch the show on YouTube. It's a great show. So on Boston Sports Journal, I wrote a piece called Diving into the Slump. What the numbers say about the Celtics' sudden poor shooting. And there are a lot of numbers out there. Uh, I think in a lot of ways, the numbers confirm what we see. They are passing the ball less. And this can be simply the road trip. And as the road trip went on, things got worse and worse and worse. And they've fallen into a little bit of funk and they have been having trouble getting out of it. It's only an eight game sample size. I broke the numbers up from before the road trip and the road trip and beyond because they're four and four in their last eight. They've lost four out of their last five. And it all seemed to start when they hit the road. So the numbers before and after are just that pre road trip and then the eight games, six game road trip, two games against Orlando. That's where we are here. Before the Celtics were passing the ball uh, 279 times a game, 27.4 went for assists, 47 others were potential assists. Last eight games, 270 passes per game. So nine fewer passes, 23 go for assists. So 4.4 fewer assists and 45 potential assists. That's two fewer potential assists, fewer passes, fewer assists, fewer potential assists. Okay. So they have to make shots to get the assists. So that explains some of the, the drop off there, but the drop off, even two potential assists per game, Tells you a little bit of something. Okay, what's going on there? Why aren't they having as many potential assists? And again, two, but the two has a ripple effect that I'm going to get to in just a second. The Celtics are uh, (laughs) shooting terribly on what used to be their bread and butter. Uh, Catch and shoot attempts, they used to shoot 42.2%. Now they're shooting 30.6%. So they are just rigidly cold catch and shoots are supposed to be the bread and butter uh their pull-up jumpers have increased 10.5 to 12.4 so that's that means they are not passing as much they're pulling up the touch time and the dribbles are the part where i think we really get to some of the uh where the problem is Seven times or more, dribbling the time, dribbling the ball seven times or more. They're taking 1.5 more shots per game doing that. They're taking two more shots per game by holding the ball six seconds or more. So you know what that means is somebody's holding the ball for six seconds or more and putting up a shot. That person could also be the person who's dribbling seven times, bringing the ball up and pull up shots. They are eating up a quarter of the shot clock at the very least. They're shooting terribly on those shots, 29.3% on the, when you hold the ball six six times or more, I'm sorry, six seconds or more. And the, uh, the, when you dribble the ball seven times or more, they're shooting 25.8%. So they are holding the ball a lot more. Their paint touches when they, when they drive into the paint, their paint, their, their assists have dropped from 7.7% to 4.7%. So I'm throwing a lot of numbers out there. A 3% drop when the ball hits the paint, when I'm saying 
hey, hit the paint, let's go. 3% drop in how many times that results in an assist. How many times it turn, becomes a turnover is up 2%. So what do we have here? What does all of what I just said mean? The Celtics are bringing the ball up. They're not passing it quite as much. When they get into the paint, they're not kicking it. They're not It's not resulting in drive and kick assists. It's resulting in more turnovers, and we're getting more pull-up shots, and guys have gone cold. When you drive, and what we see with Jalen and Jason especially, you drive and you don't get off the ball early, that leads to the turnovers. When you drive and you don't, or not even drive, when you bring the ball up and you don't pass it, a bunch of guys are standing around. The six-second holding the ball thing is maybe the part that, that drives me the most crazy because no one should be holding the ball for six seconds or more Aside from, okay, Jason Tatum every once in a while, you're, you're bringing down the clock or anything like that. This is supposed to be 0.5 basketball, not 5.5 basketball or 6.5 basketball. 0.5 basketball is the, the entire basis of what the Celtics have done well. Get the ball, make a decision. You got half a second. Boom. What's in front of me? Do I drive it? Do I pass it? Do I shoot it? Make the quick decision and go for it. The Celtics, I think as the road trip continued on and on and on, got a little more tired. They got way too hyped for that Golden State game, and they went into some bad habits, threw them into a funk. And as the road trip went on after that, they couldn't snap out of the funk. Then they got like especially tired. And they just, the Orlando Magic, uh, the Orlando Magic matchup was bad. And... It's just been a steady downward progression. But when the guys are holding the ball, if you're holding the ball too long, especially if it's Tatum or Brown, guys like Derek White, who I have come to regard as the bellwether of the Celtics offense. It's the one thing, like if you know, like a farmer would he's like, oh, I feel. I feel a wind coming from this direction, a little cold wind. I bet you we're getting rain. Some kind of like weird thing where you go, oh, okay. Yeah, I've seen this before. This is, this is my indicator. Derek White is my indicator. And Derek White has been shooting absolutely terribly, somewhere in like the low 20% range in this span. When Derek White is shooting well, I think... It's an indicator of the ball is moving. He's catching the ball, catch and shoot, stepping into the shots, leaning forward, stepping into it, and just releasing it comfortably. When guys are holding the ball for six seconds and Derek White gets the ball, well, he feels like he has to make a play now for two reasons. One, he's not sure when he's getting the ball back. The however long it took to get the ball over half court. And now the clock is winding down. If you give it up, you're not giving, getting the ball back. And secondly, somebody has been sitting there trying to make a play. Now they've given it up to you and you've got the hand grenade and you say, oh, all right, here we go. I'm going to, I got to do something. And he's done a pretty good job of getting into the middle of the lane and 
putting some floaters up. But when he has to pull up from three, that's when you see him starting to fade away. That's where he has the problems. So when Derek White gets going again, there's a good chance that the Celtics are driving and kicking and he's getting good looks because of it. He's my bellwether. The Celtics, the numbers have shown, hold the ball too long, dribble the ball too much, get too deep, turn the ball over when they get into the paint and aren't spraying it nearly as much. Is it egregiously bad? No. Is it worse than it was? Yeah, worse than it was. And that's a problem. Luckily, it's only an eight-game problem. And they're four and four over those eight games. But the numbers don't lie. The numbers are there. And a lot more numbers are in Boston Sports Journal if you want to go read that piece. But they have a choice here to make. I've talked about that choice before. They have a choice to make. This is how I end the story. So the numbers tell a story, but the Celtics can write the next chapter. The question is, when we look back on this, will it be a footnote or a turning point? Because right now it can still be a footnote. All of this can just be a, hey, remember that stretch in December where they kind of lost their touch and they got it back? Or it could be the turning point in the season where you go, well, they were historically good at one point and now they're historically mad shooting and now their offense just looks like a normal offense. So what's what's it going to be? They're probably not going to go back to historically good. That was ridiculous. But historically bad is that has to go away. The numbers show it's drive, it's kick, get off the ball early, trust that you're going to get the ball back. When the ball moves, everybody eats. It's very simple. The Celtics need to get away from Jalen Brown needs to get away from Jason Tatum needs to get away from driving and driving into too many people and trying to make too many plays. I know that those guys can make plays, but you don't have to do everything. And I think they started to slide a little bit into trying to do everything. We'll see what happens against Indiana. That's going to be a tough matchup too. Indiana's no slouch. They'll be tough. All right, Joe Mazzulla says, hey, no, they played great. They're getting good shots. They need to take those shots. What do you think about that? Think he's onto something? You think he's full of it? I don't think you need to take what he says seriously. I'll tell you why when we come back. First, today's show is brought to you by betonline.net, your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. All the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league is out there from Boston, I'm from, from pro football, sorry, college bowl season, basketball. Uh, it's all there at betonline.net, plus all the other stuff. You know, you, you missed the World Cup, but they had a lot of great World Cup coverage there. If you love sports podcasts, of course you do. You can even find those at BetOnline. So it's the fastest and easiest way to get all of your sports betting information. Head on over to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. 
Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, I appreciate you making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Once again, um, one of the, also one of the hosts of the uh, Locked On NBA podcast. Uh, so, Locked On NBA, five days a week. I do Wednesdays with Jake Madison of Locked On Pelicans, so make sure you're check the, checking that show out. Check it out all week long, wherever you get your podcasts, also right here on YouTube. So, Joe Mazzula, after the game, talked about, hey, I thought the guys played great, mostly played great. Some execution down the stretch, that's on me, but they mostly played great. And the day before uh, against Orlando, the first time around, he said, you know, they're getting good shots, and um, you can't, you know, as long as they're getting good looks, you want them to take the shots. You can't tell guys not to take good looks. And... I noticed a lot of comments. People are saying, you know, oh, you, does he, you know, you, you can't have a coach that, that says that and blah, 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 blah. Which I think is funny that and I know it's not the same people, but a year ago, literally a year ago today, we're in the midst of Ime Udoka criticizing his team and getting on their butts about playing poorly because they were playing about this poorly a year ago. And everybody was like, not everybody, I shouldn't say it like that. A lot of people were saying, like, oh, what? why is he so, you know, why is he coming out into the media and being so negative? Why is he being so, why is he attacking his own team like that? How's he going to get those guys to play if he's being so hard on them in the media? And now here we are a year later, Celtics are going through some struggles. Joe Mazzula is like pumping them up and a different group of people are coming up and going, oh man, you can't be, you got to get on these guys. In the, you can't be out there talking about like, oh, all they do is play blah, blah, blah. Like, you can't win. You can't win. And 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 the reason why people like me bring it up is because we see it all. We see everything. And it just falls into a big jumbled mass of, you know, it's it's just names and, you know, nameless. Just It's just reaction out there. And you just hear one side and you hear the other. And I know it's different people. I just think it's funny to hear the two different sides and in, in which side just decides to be vocal at the time. I will tell you this. There is no chance that Joe Missoula is saying this exact same stuff to the team behind the scenes and in practices or in film sessions. There is some level of, Hey, keep your confidence up. Don't shy away from good shots just because you've missed two, three, four in a row. And look, every great shooter will tell you, you miss, the, you miss two, three, four in a row, that fifth one is going in. You got to believe that fifth one is going in or else get off the floor. And it's true. That is 100% true. You have to shoot with confidence. I can tell you that if you're on the floor and you get a shot that you know you can hit and you hesitate, you're in a rough spot. 
you are in a rough spot. And it's one thing to say, hey, okay, it's 19 seconds on the shot clock. I've got this open look from three. I can take it. But let me probe and see if I can't draw a foul or get one of my teammates going or, you know, whatever. Like, do something that tires them out. <laughs> that I've said this before. It, you can you can run good offense and defend with your offense by making them guard you rather than just passing the ball around side to side on the perimeter. Like, yeah, you want to get the ball side to side, but you want to get it into the paint and get it working around and, and make those guys make decisions. So there's a difference between 19 seconds alone, you know, on the uh, above the break and saying, hey, don't don't just take the one pass and shoot that. I know you can make that shot, but let, let's let's work the defense around. And okay, sometimes it's wide open. You say, hey, you look, you work, you can work 20 seconds to get that same wide open shot, or you take that one two seconds into a possession. But you know what I'm talking about. There, there are times when guys shoot so early. And it's a little contested and you say, okay, that's, that's not the one, that's not the shot that, that you want to take. But the point is point of all of this is confidence plays a lot into this and you got to shoot with confidence. If you're not shooting with confidence, then you're, you might as well not shoot at all because it's you're, you're in trouble if you're not shooting with confidence. And that confidence comes from the coach. It comes from your teammates. Sometimes you can lose it. Hey, I, I looked at Sam Hauser when he hit a shot and threw his hands up in the air. And it's like, it's very clear that his confidence is shaken and he's a killer three-point shooter. So I don't think Joe is necessarily believing that they played great. They're going to go through the film session. I watched the game and I can see all the things they did wrong. And he could probably see 10 times of what they did wrong. And they're going to go through it, and he's going to call them out on it. But just because it's what you hear in the media doesn't mean that that's the only thing he believes. These guys are, first of all, they're, 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 they're doing a couple of things. One thing they're doing is they're, they're sending positive vibes through the media to just keep their guys engaged. You know, you don't want to lose your locker room. So... You just lost a couple of tough games. You know what these guys are capable of. When they're when they're down, you got to pump them up a little bit as a coach. You can't go out there and crap all over them. They they already hear everything. They know what they've done wrong. Those guys don't walk into the locker room and go, "Oh, wow. We did a lot of things wrong. I didn't realize that. Thought we were great." Like, no. They know what they've done wrong. But the coach has to pump them up a little bit. Just like when they were playing great, he sat there. One of the first things he said was, hey, you know, we, we did 100 things wrong. I can find a, a bunch of stuff that we did wrong out there. You got to act as a ballast. You got to act like a, the, the, you know, keep the balance in the, in, in, the, in the locker room. If everything's going great, you don't go, yay, you're all so great. Like at that point, you say, eh, you know, that was a great win. We did a lot of great things. We could still clean up some of these things here, there, and there. But you know, all in all, good win, obviously. Or when they're they're in a tough spot, you say, hey, look, yes, we made some mistakes, but we did a lot of these good things. You want to pump them up. You just, you got to read the room a little bit. So don't overreact to Joe Mazzula being positive at a time like this. He's supposed to be. And I can tell you for a fact, 
The other thing that I, that I t- get to my other point that I say two things and not get to number two. He's BSing us. He's, he's not telling us the truth. He looks us in the eyes and lies to us all the time, but it's fun. Little sports lies. He's not being, it's not bad, but he's not going to tell us everything. It's strategic. Brad Steve's a very Brad Stevens thing. They, they all looked us in the, they all look us in the face and tell us lies about the team. Lies of omission about the team. They're not going to give you everything. So let Joe figure it out, man. He's, he's fine. These, he's going to be fine. All of the, all of the overreactions, people, people after two, two games or four and five nights. I I look at that and it is very obviously that there are things that have gone wrong and this is a, a bad stretch, but I also think that this team is much better than they've shown over the past five games. They've already shown us that they're better. So I think they can get out of it. All right. Celtics practice on Tuesday. So we'll see what comes out of practice. Uh, I'll be there tweeting things out. So you find me, find me on Twitter, John underscore Corrales on Twitter. And uh, maybe I'll Instagram some stuff. Corrales 44 on Instagram or locked on Celtics on Instagram where I don't know. I'll do it on a whim, wherever I, my, my social media, whichever one I decide to choose in that moment, depending on what it is. Uh, so check those things out there. I'll be talking about that. Do a little crossover work with the Locked On Pacers podcast as well. So look for some crossover content heading into that game on Wednesday. If you haven't been paying attention to the Pacers, I'll keep, get you caught up. So that's all coming up tomorrow. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, watch the show on YouTube. Subscribe to the show on YouTube. Hop into the comments on YouTube. It's a great community that's growing over there on the YouTube page. It's I'm really trying to build like a home for Celtics fans. Go in there after the video drops chat with one another. You can, it's like the old blogging comments. You can just go in there and have fun in the comments section, talk about the game with one another and, uh, you know, keep it civil, but have fun with it. It's all there on the YouTube page. If you are a subscriber, I'd love it if you shared the podcast, tell your friends, family, everybody that they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.